Leadership is a learned skill. Welcome to episode number 22. You guys are in for such a treat in today's episode. I'm interviewing three of my one-on-one coaching clients who have all had to redefine success for themselves as a leader during this crisis. All odds have been stacked against them as they might be for you right now, but yet they have been able to overcome those obstacles and not only persevere, but thrive during this time of crisis. They're going to tell you exactly how they've been doing it, what their mindset has been like, and show you how you can redefine success for yourself as well. Listen on. Welcome to Maximize Your Career with Stacey Mayer, a podcast about achieving your career goals while also being yourself. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Career with Stacey Mayer. I am super excited about today's episode. Today, I have brought on three of my clients to speak with you guys. These clients have just really been doing amazing work throughout this crisis, throughout our entire coaching engagement, throughout their entire career. But I thought that it would be really awesome to hear from three people who are each working in an industry that has its challenges right now. And they have not only persevered through this crisis, but I really see them as thriving and stepping up to a greater level of leadership. Each of them are vice presidents at their organization as well, which is super exciting. And I believe that they are operating at a senior vice president level right now, if not a C-suite level. And you've heard me talk about this on the podcast before, but it is It is a really excellent way to not only get the recognition that you deserve eventually, but it's also an excellent way to really be able to make that impact immediately, not when I get the job, but right now. And that is what each one of these leaders have been able to do throughout this crisis. And so I wanted to bring them on today to really just talk to you, inspire you, and show you what is possible if you truly allow yourself to step up to the plate. Um, why don't we just start with Corinne? So Corinne is the vice president of human resources. She works in manufacturing. And Corinne, why don't you just take a moment here to um, say hello, tell us a little bit about what's going on for you today, and then I'll just ask you a series of questions. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Corinne Kristoff, and I'm um, based out of Pennsylvania. I do work in manufacturing, primarily in the automotive sector, uh, with some other diversified products. Um, what we have going on right now is we've, unfortunately, furloughed the majority of our factories from everybody from the salary personnel down to the hourly personnel, and most recently have started bringing some of them back, which is exciting challenging and scary all at the same time. Um, bringing them back is um, not as easy as it sounds um, in this pandemic because they need to come back in a safe fashion um, and they need to feel confident about coming back. So we have to present that to them and make sure that they feel confident when they enter into the workforce and, and are ready to come back to work. Now you're in a unique position because you're the vice president of human resources, but you're actually the top of the chain of command. You, you report directly to the CEO, correct? Correct. So when you talk about it being challenging 
to bring people back to work, that's basically your job. <laughs> yes, there's nobody else to turn to to ask. Um, that's my other network of HR folks out there in the world. But as far as our um, facilities, I'm, I'm it. So I'm making a lot of decisions um, based on newly here, the, the moment in time that we're in and uh, just trying to get through it and, uh, you know, working with the other executives as well. But when we furlough, we furlough down to the six executive team members and the plant managers. And that was it. So yeah. we had to, you know, really kind of put on our work hats and take on roles and activities that we haven't done in a really long time. Um, and then now as we're starting to power back up, we're still seeing some of those maybe certain areas that we haven't treaded water in, in in a long time. So, but I'm, I'm, yeah, at the top, there isn't any, another HR resource to look to. Yeah. One of the things that really impressed me about you, Corinne, is that you, you're all of a sudden having to help them file unemployment claims. You're doing payroll, things that you haven't done for a very long time in your career. But then you also were able to do some really high level leadership work. You didn't allow yourself to get so mired down by the tasks that were now added to your list of things to do. So if you could just describe to us, how did you quote unquote, stay out of the weeds to allow yourself to be able to think more strategically, more bigger picture for the organization? Well, I mean, it definitely brought us challenges because some of those tasks with um, 300 plus employees could be daunting when you're trying to file claims for them. But um, you, I just had to, to kind of stay focused on the bigger picture, um, had to stay very connected to what was going on in the current events, um, what was going on with our team, our business, our sales, our customers, um, and try to stay in that forward looking mode um, as much as it would drag you down in the day to day. Um, but you, if you don't look forward, you can't plan for when you do start back up and how to do it in the right way. Yeah. So that is um, you know, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was, how are you defining success right now? But there's this idea that you really connected with the people. You connected with all you know the actual employees, with the customers, different people like that. You also mentioned research. So it sounds like instead of... Um, pulling back, you dove in, <laughs> in a way you're like, okay, I'm going to do payroll. I'll do, I'll, and I'm going to do more research than I did before. I'm going to find a way to really think bigger picture. Yeah. I mean, we, with only a few resources out there, I mean, we, we really didn't have a choice, but in the end it's becoming, um, to me a bright spot. Cause I was able to kind of really spend some time with the employees because some of them, you know, there's a whole mental health side of this too. And, you know, people feeling very uncertain and the anxiety and, you know, just the angst of being out there and not knowing what the next day is going to look like. So I spent some time you know, connecting with them, um, trying to reassure them that we will get through this together. It is, you know, this too shall pass is kind of, you know, a saying I've been saying for quite some time now. Um, but as the, the days drag on and the weeks drag on, um, people become more and more nervous that maybe this isn't going to end. So you have to kind of keep that calm, keep that focus. But you also have to be looking at what does the day look like when they do come back? Mm -hmm. so I really had to try to stay focused on that um, and really staying connected to the news. In the first week was very daunting and overwhelming. Um, as things started to 
move along, it got a little less overwhelming, but really trying to just stay focused on what was affecting our business and how mm-hmm. we were acting to that. And you really couldn't put up in, you know, let's just say the politics and all of those other things that came into play and, you know, really decipher out what did it mean for our business sector and how we were managing through that. So how do you define success then in your role as an HR leader? To me, I think as we managed working at our Michigan facility and we're bringing people back and the fact that people are not fighting us to come back, they're not feeling unsafe when they're doing it. They're not telling us, um, absolutely, I'm scared to death to come out of my house. Nope, I'll be back to work. Um, To me, it's success. And I feel that, you know, I was able to keep not only that group calm and focused to come back to work, but the the people that were working. So as our C-suite would even connect twice a day, you know, as they would start to kind of get unraveled a little bit, you know, I tend to be the calming voice that says, okay, let's stop. Let's look at what we're doing. Let's assess where we're going. And let's figure this out together. And then, you know, kind of grounds people back down. So to me, success has been the calming factor and the fact that we're now bringing people back to work in a very well-organized, well, very safe manner. You know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and if you're, if you're open to this, is like, you know, we didn't start coaching together in the crisis. You know, we were right. coaching together <laughs> a good six, seven, eight months ago, right? And mm-hmm. I would say that that calming force as an observer is something that you've always done quite well. You've always been the calming force. But the person that really shined and that I am proud of you to see is that the side of you that now let's come up with a solution. These are the things that we need to focus on and move forward. So not only are you able to be that rock, that grounded calming force, but you're also able, and we can talk about in a minute, one of the big solutions that you came up with for your organization that I think really allowed people to feel safe, to feel like they're excited to come back to work and they know that you have a plan in place to keep them safe and healthy. So how were you surprised in this crisis as far as your own ability to really come up with those solutions to be a little bit of both for the organization? Well, when we started talking about bringing people back to work, my first instinct was, let's just not. It's just easier (laughs) Let's not do it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's way easier for me if we don't have people in facilities. But um, in reality, you know, we knew that that was going to be something. So I think, you know, what surprised me the most was just working with the team and earning, having them look to me for the solution, having them look to me. Are you talking about the leadership team? The actual, the C-suite team. The yeah. C-suite no, this is CEO, a big deal. That's CEO. why I wanted to, to point yeah. that out. So that the yeah. executive team was looking to you. And, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to get these people back here? And, the, you know, how are we going to have a, a, a great staff again that, that's comfortable coming back to work? And so, you know, it was, it was put on to me to research what's being put in place around all the industries. Um, and I kind of went to work and... I sat through more webinars than I probably ever sat through in my entire life so far in these eight weeks. But um, now that I'm sitting in them, even today, I'm finding out that what we have in place is top notch. We're doing what everybody else is doing and even above and beyond that. So I feel really good about that. I'm very proud of what we've put together. 
Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I always encourage my clients to do is to use eye language. And I know that it's hard to do, but I am very proud of what you put together. I'm just going to own that for you. Um, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay to say we, because you. it was a leadership team and it was an executive team, but you did a lot to really drive this. And not only that, but to build trust ahead of time, which is the reason that in the middle of a crisis that the leadership team was able to immediately go to you and say, Corinne, what can we do? What can we, what do we need to do right now? I trust you to help lead us through this. Yeah. So we, yeah, I did lead the steering team. Um, and I did put all the, the information in front of them to organize. And it, you know, we, we as a team then devised this playbook, but I was the leader in the information that the content that went into it. And we built from that content to make it an actual, what we call a safety playbook. Yeah. The call from everything from, you know, who's in charge in each facility if something were to happen, to what cleaning protocol do we have, to what frequency is that cleaning protocol, even down to what materials are we using to provide that cleaning service. Um, health screenings as employees come into work and temperature taking and all of those things, social distancing. and you know We have a facility that has 200 employees in it and it's not a really large facility, so the lunchroom is very small. Um, so we had to put maximum capacity and how are we going to alter break times in order to accommodate that, the size of that room. Um, so everything from, you know, sanitizing at the door to sanitizing while they're there. Um, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of thought and work went into that, that playbook. Um, but it, it's really comprehensive and I'm really proud of it. Yeah. Thank you for owning that because as a listener, one of the really great things, and this is why part of my mission is to get so many talented people like you promoted into leadership is because when they hear you, when you started going on, I saw the nods from the other two people who are about to speak. It's impressive. And it's, but it's also impressive to hear you own that and be proud of that. And, and I hope that the listeners who are listening and feel intimidated by using things like eye language. And, you know, I did this research it's, it's not always about you because I, Corinne doesn't have an ego. There's not, <laughs> this is why I started with her. She's just like huge smile on her face, wonderful, beautiful person to be around. It's, she's not ego driven at all, but yet it's so empowering to other people to hear you speak that way and to hear you say, you know, I worked hard and because of that, people are going to be able to come back and be able to feel safe and feel connected. And we as an organization are going to do better because of that work that I put in. So thank you. Thank you. Well, we're going to move on to the next person and we'll circle back with you, Corinne, before we have to say goodbye. But thank you so much for sharing your story. It's been an absolute pleasure to be your guide on this journey all through the crisis and even before. So thank you. I appreciate you having me on here today. And Jennifer, so Jennifer is another one of my vice president clients. She's a vice president of sales, and she actually works in the study abroad. I laugh because it's just so, ah, these, um, (laughs) yeah. So she works in international study abroad sales. So (laughs) she gets a double whammy (laughs) there. But um, 
boy, Jennifer is a force to be reckoned with. And I have just been so impressed by your leadership throughout this crisis. And thank you so much for coming on here to share it with us. So please take a minute to introduce yourself and tell us what you've been using to stay focused on this journey. Oh, well, thank you, Stacey, for having me. It's a, it's a privilege to be part of this podcast. So thank you very much. Um, my name is Jennifer Fisher, and I am the Vice President of Sales at World Strides Higher Education. And we, you know, sell study abroad programs to colleges and universities. And it has just, you know, been absolutely crazy. Like our, our whole industry is, is pretty much shut down. Um, we don't even know if colleges are going to be in session on campus in the fall. But, um, but it's definitely something that we have to figure out, like, what are we going to do? We have to continue to move forward. And what is that future going to look like? So it's definitely about, um, you know, kind of putting some plans in place and, and, and moving forward. I think that's probably the biggest key. So one of the things that you did is be super proactive, right? I mean, we're talking January, yeah. right? So can you yeah. tell us what went on in your mind back in January? <laughs> so- <laughs> You know, surprisingly, what was, what was um, real, I mean, when, when COVID was starting, and so it was throughout, you know, China and Southeast Asia. And so from, you know, my, my background in, in sales, my initial thought is, okay, like, how can we go help out our university partners who are going to China, probably with maybe another provider, another company, you know, what can we do to help them? maybe move their program to, to Europe or Scotland, you know, things like that. And so we were reaching out and proactively reaching out to all of our college and university partners, seeing how we could help them, what we could do. And, uh, but seeing that this could happen, right? This could move in towards Europe. I mean, we, at the time I was thinking, you know, probably not, but you know, you have to prepare like the move in towards Europe, which is like our biggest destination for college and university students. Um, never really thinking about, what would happen in America, just that we're trying to get students, you know, to travel. And so really just had to sit down and put, you know, be a a visionary and put a plan in place to say, you know, if, if, you know, A happens, this is how we're going to deal with it. If it goes to B, we'll implement this when we get to B and and just really be able to lay out this plan um, and really show up as that strong leader to the team who is starting to freak out a little bit that, you know, the whole higher ed, you know, international travel industry is, is becoming very questionable and, and really saying, hey, we've got this plan. We've got this. We've got to follow the plan and keep moving forward. Yeah. So impressive. And then there's this other impressive thing that happened. Um, so tell us about your March and April sales numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's really you know, very exciting because, you know, I wasn't really thinking about, you know, we, we put our plan in place. Like, this is the plan. I laid it out to my boss. And it's like, this is what we're going to be doing. And, and it, everything worst case scenario happened across the board. So we went right into our plan that I had put together and off we went and, you know, we, we implemented the plan on, on March 16th. I remember that day well, cause it was like, okay, troops, <laughs> this is it, you know, and this is how we're moving forward. And it ended up being uh, the month of March and the month of April were our best months, the best March and the best April ever. Like we had our highest months ever. And, and right now we're pacing in May to have our best May ever. And, uh, you know, and sometimes I, I ran the numbers. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, look at this. 
but uh, yeah, so it was, it's really quite an accomplishment and I'm very proud of that. Yeah. And you know, I really want to point out, this is not a coincidence, this thing, you know, with Corinne creating this, um, protocol that other people are looking at and I'm like, wow, this is, this is not what everybody is doing. Not everybody is having their best March, April, and now <laughs> May months throughout this yes, crisis. Yes. So how did you keep that mindset? How did you stay focused on what's important? You know, the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing, you know, for me was really getting, being out of the weeds, right? We started our coaching session, you know, a, a while ago. So fortunately for me, I had already been in the coaching session and I had already pulled myself out of the weeds and that now I clearly understand why I need to be the visionary on this because um, I, I had to put that plan in place. The team's looking to me to say, well, what are we going to do? Um, you know, our whole industry is falling apart. You know, and I, I had to be able to show up strong and say, this is the plan. We're going to get through this. Things, you know, quite honestly may suck for a little bit, but we got to focus on what we can control, right? And what we can control is what's happening today, right now, right now with our partners at our colleges and universities. And this is what we're going to do one day at a time. And, and just letting the team know, like, we're going to do this, we're going to do it together. And, and here's the plan for today. And, and every morning having, you know, team huddle ups and, and every time you're like, this is what we're going to do. You guys are doing awesome. And just keep reiterating that we've got to focus and we still have to move forward. Like we, we can, like if, if we stop, like we don't have an industry. So we, we have to move forward and you have to stay focused and move that business forward. So speaking of surprises as well, is there anything that really surprised you that you're very proud of in your ability to step up throughout this crisis? You know, I, I think the, the biggest thing, the biggest surprise for me was really being that, that strong, impactful leader, you know, thinking strategically and having a vision and knowing that this, this could come down the pipe. So let's put a plan in place and, and being that strategic vision. And, and there are times, you know, and I, I think back to, you know, many months ago and having conversation, you know, with you and, and really thinking like, okay, you know, if this is the basketball game. Right. And, and then the ball is dribbling down the court. Like you don't need me jumping in, grabbing the ball and running down and, and getting a hoop. Right. You need you need me directing it and, and stepping back so I can see everything. And oh, my gosh, that is so important. And I got to see firsthand how important it is throughout this COVID. You know, if I honestly, if I wasn't pulled out and wasn't able to focus on the vision and the plan, you know, I mean, I don't know where we would be right now, you know, and that team is, is looking at you. So it's like, you know what, I've got to show up as, as a leader and help guide them to move our business forward. Yeah. Cause you started out with the surprise using the words like strong and powerful leader. And I was like, well, yeah, you've always been that like, <laughs> you know, the day I met you, right. Like that's not a question you yeah. would, but you, you nailed it right there. You would get your hands dirty. You would, you would be yeah. that strong and powerful leader by fixing it yeah. for other people. Like, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to do everything and I'm going to show you how to fix it, right? Like, I get, I get in there <laughs> and I get dirty, right? But this time, yeah. I guess the surprise was that you were able to step back and to allow yeah. other people to step up, allow other people to shine, but to guide them along the way. That's right. That's right. And I think, you know, what was so, well, you know, it was, it was definitely very surprising in that, 
you know, I, I was able to do that. And not only was I able to do that, we were so successful. So yeah, I was going to say it worked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and so like, even like before, if I thought I was being a strong, impactful leader, like I'm really like now I'm showing up a hundred percent more times as that strong, impactful leader. Like yeah. this is like what I was made for, you know? And I think I even said one time to you, like we're in a little bit of a crisis. I'm like, this is what done. I, we got this and it was back it. And, and move it. And now people are asking for your advice, just like to Corinne's point too. It's like the leadership team is coming to you because there are other sales divisions at your organization as well. And they're like, let's talk to Jennifer. (laughs) Like she's doing some magic over there. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and and my boss is is the chief revenue officer of the whole whole company of WorldStrides, which which is all about educational travel, but many divisions, a high school division, a sports division, you know. Um, all these different divisions and, and, you know, performing arts, all sorts of things. And, and he's in charge of all of them. And yes, like right now, my chief revenue officer is like, Jen, he's like, you are, you're, you and your team, the, the jewel of the company. You're the only team, you know, in, in all the divisions of World Rides that is moving the business forward. And uh, so he's, he's pulling meetings together so I can, I can share what we're doing and, and really just, he's just like, got, you know, you got to be doing what Jen's team is doing. Unbelievable. <laughs> It's so exciting. And that feels great, right? Because, yeah. Yeah. Now I, I got to get you guys all some more money after this podcast, but, <laughs> but you you know, this is awesome. I love it. Thank That's you guys so much. Yovani, how are you doing over there? Hey, Stacey. This is fantastic. Isn't I'm doing great. Awesome? I love, I, I love this. I love it's this. Thanks so for the cool. opportunity. Yeah. Yovani <laughs> works in performing arts. He's the vice president of technology. And uh, yeah, another industry that's not uh, soaring during this time, but yet you've been able to really step up and become a leader for your company as well. So just introduce yourself and tell us what has been coming up for you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for for letting me participate in this. It's uh, it's I'm in great company with Corinne and Jennifer. So thanks for the opportunity. Uh, my name is Giovanni Pina, and as he said, I am the Vice President of Information Technology for the Denver Center for the Performing Arts in Colorado. Uh, we're one of the nation's largest not-for-profit theater organizations, and uh, yeah, th- this little pandemic thing uh, has thrown us uh, quite a curveball. Um, without having audiences uh, to come and see the shows that, that either tour the country and stop in Colorado uh, or the shows that, that we put on, uh, it's, it's been, it's been an interesting time these, uh, last couple of months. So perfect question for you right out of the great, then you have to redefine success. So how yeah. do you define success for yourself and for your team? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you talk about the redefinition of kind of what, what we do. Um, it's no longer, the metrics aren't, uh, based on attendance or revenue numbers or the number of shows. It's, uh, how do we make sure uh, we treat our teammates uh, like human beings in a tough situation? And how do we make sure we come out the other side and we're still here? Um, arts is, is very powerful. And from speaking from a geek at heart, um, I, I have an appreciation for the arts. It, makes, uh, it, it gives you a well-rounded perspective on both the science and the humanity side of things. So uh, it, it, the definition has now become how do we make sure we, we treat our, our teammates who some of uh, our teammates have been with us for 30, sometimes even 40 years. Um, how do we protect them as much as we can? 
And once we, we see uh, solutions to the pandemic, how do we make sure we're still here for our teammates and for our audiences? So, um, yeah, it's, it's it, those two key factors. Um, how do we listen to people, uh, mm-hmm. find out what their concerns are, and then how do we start looking uh, ahead a little bit and saying, what, how, what else can we do to monetize, so create revenue streams to engage our audiences, to engage our teammates? Yeah. It sounds like you've also been working, you know, so when you're speaking of team, that team has broadened, right? To your contractors, to the audiences, right? So there's this, the team has just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger than just information technology. Yeah. Yeah. And being in a, in a support role, uh, we're not a technology company, we're a performing arts company. So my main objective is to make sure that the technology works and that customers can get tickets and that we can scan them in and make sure they get to their seats and that my staff has uh, providing the services for email and accounting and all that. Um, but yeah, when you really take a look at our industry, it's not just our, our teammates, it's our audiences, it's the folks that provide services or the actors on stage. Um, yeah, the, the, the audience all of a sudden became a lot larger for me and how, how, do, we, how do we support the, off, the office staff that primarily go to a building to work in the place that didn't have remote work and from March 15th to March 16th, flip a switch and have them all work remotely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun and scary all at the same time. <laughs> so one of the unique things about your leadership style is you have this ability to figure out the practical, which is like, okay, we all have to work from home. And, you know, we're no longer selling tickets. Okay, so we have to figure that out, right? So the technology you're really great at, but also the people, right? And so you have this unique ability to really be able to listen, to communicate, to ask better questions. And I have noticed in your leadership style that you've been able to broaden that out as part of this crisis. So what do you feel like happens for you to make that team, so to speak, to realize, oh, it's it's not just about my division. It's not just about the people who work for me. It's about the organization as a whole, the customers. Like, what do you feel like you've had to do to really expand that for yourself? Yeah, it, it's um, it, it's interesting because a lot of what my team does, again, is focused on technology and being in a support role. Sometimes you you have um, you have such a deep focus on what the the task is at hand that you kind of miss what's going on around you. Uh, but in this case, it's it's asking those questions first and foremost, listening to my team. How are they feeling? Right? Are you anxious? Um, are are you having a good day? Is there a concern? Um, I, I believe that just listening and, and understanding kind of what their their state of mind is, for lack of a better word, but how they're feeling and how they're engaged. Uh, can be a good sense into kind of what's going on. Um, and then once you have that that sense of somewhat ease, as much as you can have during these times, um, it's asking some questions about impact, right? What, do you, what, what we're doing is one thing, but what we're doing, how does that impact another team, right? Mm, or what we're putting yeah. out there, how do you think? And it's not really what's happening. It's not by flicking the switch, I sell a ticket or I allow refunds to happen quicker. It's I make it easier for our box office teammates to manage their workflows and manage the customer expectations and be able to talk to the customers. Um, you know, it's, it's really asking questions uh, to kind of get them to focus on a little bit bigger picture. Now, you seem to also have 
your head on your shoulders, right? Like you're not getting mired down by the fact that you're like, oh, okay, you know, we're a performing arts center (laughs) and we can't do that now. So how are you (laughs) staying sane? Like as far as your own well-being, like how are you taking care of yourself right now? Uh, having a good network of support (laughs) around me, having peers that we can talk to, um, and taking time to, to reflect on the situation. You have to remain optimistic. Mm -hmm. Um, one way or another, we're going to come out on the other side of this. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I don't really think of it as a win or lose. I think of this is a rough spot that we're going through and what we do today will help us operate tomorrow and next week and next month. Um, so it's really taking some time to reflect, um, having some quiet time uh, to say, here's what happened yesterday, here's what went well, here's what I could do better, um, and then putting that into to action the next day. The other part of that, again, like I said, is the, the network, um, having a great coach. Thank oh, you, Stacey. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, ha- having a great coach to, to help refocus some of how um, I think of things and how I communicate and share that, that sense of optimism, again, even during a pandemic, um, has helped. So how have you surprised yourself during this crisis, being able to step up and, and use this as an opportunity to show more leadership? Well, um, one of the big surprises is, you, as a leader, um, obviously all eyes are, are on us to set a direction or to, to make that, that statement that resonates with everyone and have that aha moment. Okay, the leader said something. That's it. That's what we're going to do. Well, um, the stress of that, when you really sit down and, and think of everyone is, um, it, everyone is uh, hooked on your, the next words that are going to come out of your mouth. Um, what surprised me along the way is that having the time to reflect, think, bounce off ideas, get feedback, and, and really focus what the intention of my next step is isn't really all that hard. It's hard when you're in a silo and kind of letting everything ah. kind of creep in. But mm-hmm. when you have the advice of, of good, trusted people around you, um, it's really not that hard. Uh, you yeah. can have conversations, you can have brainstorming sessions, and, and you can really fine-tune that message. Yeah, I feel like your relationship with your direct boss is a lot stronger, actually, because of this crisis, right? And so it's like, yeah. you know, she's coming to you and you're able to go to her. It becomes this very mutual thing that you're not just in a silo having to come up with orders. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you're not in this alone, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in it with my peers on the executive team. I'm in it with my boss. I'm, I'm, with it, I'm in it with a, my coach uh, and, and even with some newfound friends on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, as, as we start to wrap this up, I'm going to go back uh, through. So Giovanni, we'll start with you and go back to Corinne again, but any words of wisdom that you could offer to a fellow leader that might be having more of a challenging time right now, any th- advice that you would have for them? Yeah. The key pieces of advice is take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going through it, you're not in it alone. Um, and, and start leveraging your network. And if you don't have a network, yeah, you do. Think, don't think that you don't. There's, some, there's a friend, there's a trusted business partner, there's a trusted peer that you can knock on their door uh, and start a conversation with. So take a yeah. deep breath and leverage your network for sure. Yeah. You know, Giovanni, before we move on to this, so this is um, leveraging your network, right? That's like a term that people use that keeps them from actually 
actually leveraging their network because it mm. becomes a thing, right? Yeah. But yeah. what you did when you were describing going from a silo to communicating and connecting with people was leveraging your network. But That's what right. is the difference? Like if you think of yourself, if you're like, okay, I need to, as an, as a listener of this podcast, you're, you're offering advice to leverage your network. Um, what if we turned that into something that you actually did, which is, is in, in, in a sense, leveraged your network, but how would you phrase that a little bit differently? Yeah, yeah. So um, let me go back to when we first um, started to, to get to know each other, Stacy. I realized that I was in a place where um, I, I was... I didn't have the right resources around me. I, I wasn't getting the right type of feedback or potentially different perspectives um, that I was looking for. Um, so in leveraging my network, I literally started the search. Uh, I, I believe that I needed a coach, somebody who can give me an outside perspective on um, how I operated, how I said things, how I thought about things. Uh, and I just started calling people and doing my research. Um, and finally, we, we got connected and, and here we are. But that's the thing that I did is I, I took a second and said, stop, I need another voice to help me think through this. And I looked at who I know or who I thought I should know and start making those connections, picking up the phone, writing an email, uh, even if it's a third party introduction, phoning a friend who can help me make that introduction. Oh man. That's how I started. So good. Now I have, you know, as a listener, I have something to do, right? So I'm yep. always into that. Absolutely. Great. Thank you so so much. Yeah, thank you. Jennifer, back to you. So what kind of words of advice would you have to a fellow leader that maybe is not having their best May ever? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, or is struggling or having more challenges during this time? You know, I would say, you know, focus on what you can control. You know, we, we all go through, you know, scenarios, you know, you're looking in the rear view mirror and seeing what used to be and how awesome it was. And, you know, we were on track to have our best year ever before it fell apart. And, you know, so you don't, don't look in the rear view mirror, but also don't look too far ahead in the windshield either. Because I know like in my industry, we don't know what's going to happen in the fall. And that's, that's some of the big questions, right? And, and that, that will cause you some very sleepless nights, right? You, so, so focus on the here and now. Focus on what we can control, right? We don't know what's going to happen, but we know what is happening right now. We know we are connecting with colleges and universities right now to plan for next spring. So let's just focus on that. And, and by all means, we've got to stay positive. Um, you know, as much as Giovanni said, it's, it's you know, we're going to get through this. Now, is it going to be in, in August or is it going to be next January? I, I don't know, right? And if you keep thinking too much about stuff, you're going to get an upset stomach and be awake all night. Focus on what we're doing right now. Build those connections, whether, as Giovanni says, whether it's for you, for your network, or, or through the job, right? Through the industry, we're connecting with our university partners. We're offering them resources just to, to be there for them. Like, how can we help them? Like, they're home now trying to figure things out. They're trying to get students home from that were abroad, you know? What, what can we do to help? And, um, you know, and just be there for people. Because, again, focus on what you can control. Be positive, And, you know what? We're going to get through this. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. Corinne, what words of wisdom do you have for our listeners or any leaders that might be struggling during this time? 
Well, I echo a lot of what was said, but I, I do think, you know, the, the stay calm, be the one that they can look to for that calming advice on what we are going to do in our next move. Um, you know, rebrand yourself, recalibrate yourself. Is there something that you can do differently that will be a help in this situation that will, um, you know, maybe expand your business to what you weren't before? Um, you know, we're, we're seeing in one of our local we're, we're looking at making the face masks, which is not something that we did before, but our materials lend ourselves to that. So, you know, how can we do some different things that will, you know, boost our sales and allow us to have a, a stronger business because we are going to have a rough second quarter. Um, but we need to get on, on to the other side of this. We need to know what our new normal is going to look like and we need to be part of that solution. So, you know, where do we see ourselves? How do we get there? And how do we do it in an organized fashion? Yeah. Get a, get a Corinne on your leadership team. That's my advice. <laughs> yeah, like done. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, thank you all so, so much for being here today. I know that this is really, really helpful for our listeners. And, um, yeah, I'm really, I just, I wanted to celebrate you because I'm all, I'm so proud of each and every one of you and the accomplishments and the ways that you've been able to stretch yourself. So thank you for sharing your stories with us. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so Stacey. much, Stacey. Yes. Bye. Thank you. Before you go, I want to give you all the details about how you can work with me personally to reach your own career goals. If this episode resonated with you, if you heard Corinne and Jennifer and Giovanni talking and you thought, man, that's what I want out of my career, then I invite you to schedule a free career strategy session with me. Each of these clients that you met today came to me with various different challenges. They either wanted to speak up more in meetings. They wanted to be seen as a valuable member of the leadership team. They wanted to work on some of their difficult relationships at work. They wanted to get clear on their priorities and how they could better motivate their teams. And you heard them today. Not only did we do all of that, but now they are able to thrive during a time of crisis and make the impact that they have always wanted to be making at their organization. And you can absolutely 100% do that too. And it all starts with a free career strategy session. You can sign up at stacymayer.com slash apply. Go to S-T-A-C-Y. M-A-Y-E-R dot com slash apply. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week. Bye.